welcome to For What It's Worth. An introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom. I'm a horrible person. You'd leave stuff laying around? Sammy and Nuka are about to lay it all out. You know, just spread everything all over the table. No, no, you can't do that because I seriously think of Five Nights at Fred Meyer every time someone says that. Oh, no, 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 not like that. Well, we have a choice here. Yeah, tell them what our choice is. What are the choices? Limbago in Idaho. What the hell? We're talking about the game pieces. You know, board game pieces. There are certain women I just want to bitch slap. <laughs> so in summary, people are awful. <laughs> it's it's kind of true. And now, here are your two favorite pawns, Sammy and Nuka. And welcome to another episode of For What It's Worth. Yay, we're, we're back here. for another one. Yes. Hi, Nuka. It's been a minute. It has been several minutes, in fact, Sammy. How are you doing? I know. I, I feel like I haven't talked to you in like five ever. That's the one more than forever. Exactly. So, um, I mean, I don't know if you've listened to the other episodes or anything, but um, I've been up to basically the same old, same old. Um been playing Guild Wars Guild Wars 2 with Rue and his fiance um almost done with the main uh game storyline um but it's pretty fun I'm up level 80 now so I get all the fun stuff now um I don't think I've ever played that one. I've never played that one before I don't I know I've heard of it I know the people who like it like it a lot Yeah it's honestly cuz it's an MMO and I'm like I've never been super into MMOs, but I never, honestly, I never enjoyed WoW. I found it very boring. Um, Final Fantasy was, Final Fantasy 14 was okay as long as I had people to play with, but once I didn't have people to play with, I quickly got bored with it as well. Yeah. So, but Guild Wars, I find I've been enjoying it even just by myself, so that's been nice. Um, and then I've been playing, um, I don't know if you've heard of this, it's like a little demo well i played the demo but it's called planet crafter oh i think i seen um, a, a video for it on steam yeah yeah it's the you can play they have like a prologue uh free prologue that you can play through you like terraform um, so planets like, right yeah you're basically on a planet you have to terraform it um you know there's resources it's literally just like a survival and resource yeah it looked fun, but um, it looked kind of game. overly simplistic. So I didn't know if it would be uh, if it would be good or yeah. not. Yeah, it was. It is simple, but it is actually a lot. Of, I've enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. It's kind of a nice little like chill at the end of the day because there's not really anything to do other than the actual like making stuff and terraforming. So it's kind of a nice little like. There's no other goal. You don't have to fight anybody. And you can just like relax and just play the game. At least that's that's how I found it. So that's what I've been doing in my free time mostly. Um, what about you, Nuka? Since it's it's been a hot minute. Well, I think I think last time I might have mentioned that I was starting out with Elden Ring. Okay. I can't remember if it was with you or if it was with Rue I was talking about it, but I just started Elden Ring, and uh, I'm happy to report that 151.7 hours later, 
I have beaten oh. Elden Ring as of the time of recording this. It was uh, the night before, so I did it last night. Wow. Well, congratulations. From what I hear, it's not an easy feat. It, it is not. I, I went through and I did every boss in the game that I could, uh, which every boss that I found, including going out of my way to find several of the hardest ones. I beat the hardest one in the game. Um, yeah, so it's sort of a, wearing it as a badge of pride. Uh, so that was, yeah. that was pretty fun. So now I have to start a new game. So I'm going on to Cyberpunk 2077, which okay. uh, it's cute that I'm starting it because uh, with the end of the semester, I'm starting to write the uh, furry book that I'm hoping to write over the summer. So I will have no time whatsoever to play video games. So it's cute that I've decided <laughs> to try to start one, knowing full well that it's an act of futility. That's, I think that's just something we do anyway. Like, even though we all know how busy we are, we're like, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do all this. And then you never have time for any of it. And you're like, well, I said I wanted to do it at least. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's fun. Are you so you don't do any classes in the summer then? You no, just are off. I uh, normally you're supposed to at least at this school. Uh, normally, most of the profs take the summer off and like vacation or work on the house or go see family or whatever. Uh, for my last, like my, I've been teaching here at the school for three years now, and every summer I've written a book. Okay, so you have a you have a tradition to follow now. Yeah, although I, I don't I don't want to write any more books after this one. I'm I'm tired of writing books, so I'm hoping this furry book will be my last, my magnum opus, my 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 big accomplishment, and then I will never write another book for another year. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, as I say, that's not gonna last yeah. for sure. So, you know, I went and peeked into the the sound booth. Yeah. Um. There's something weird. Um, Voss doesn't look right. Can you what is go he? see what's going on, Nuka? Well, what what doesn't look right about him? He's got fur again. Oh, it's oh, H hello, Voss. Hello, everybody. This is Rue. Wait, oh, that's where's Voss? Oh well, you know, Voss had to take a a day off today. Did you kill he, Voss? He went swimming. He killed Voss. Uh, why? He killed him. Voss is why definitely would I dead. Do such a thing. Rue is definitely I trying mean, to take over. Maybe that's all maybe he's ever wanted to do. Somebody had locked me in the basement for a long period of time. You know, I wanting to get some revenge. I don't know. I don't know. For all the times this. that I knock on his door and make him comment on the show. Oh, sweet, sweet vengeance. Mm -hmm. Poor definitely. Voss. Hi, everybody. I'm here, and I'm in the audio booth, and I'm going to shut the door now. Bye. But, but Rue, we need something very important from you. <sighs> What's that? It's, you know, your favorite thing in the whole world. Just keep your mess in there, okay? Uh, okay, fine. Here you go. It's Rue's cookie time. Yay. Not sponsored by Betty Crocker, because let me tell you, Today is a gloomy day. Will he reuse another one? Is he ready? Is he going to bed with pastries again? It's Ruse Cookie Time, not sponsored by Betty Crocker. So here we go. Well, that was the cookie. The cookie for today. <laughs> is there are no certainties in life except that you will have another terrible day tomorrow in bed with a cookie. Aw, I didn't like that. Oh, 
Can we get a do-over? Yeah. Okay. Wow, I'll what give, a downer. I'll give you another one. I'll give right? you another one. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> you have an inferior inferiority complex. Wow, I can't say that. You have an inferiority complex. It's entirely justified in bed with a cookie. I feel like these cookies need to come with like a uh, the phone number to like the crisis hotline or something. Oh my gosh. For some reason, a, a these cookies are black. black. Yeah. Like your like these your are soul. Like, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. My that is the color of my soul. One hundred percent. All right. Well, let's. I think we need to just leave Ruin there for a little bit to kind of take care of his whatever's going on. You just, uh, you just um, do your thing there, buddy. We'll we'll be out here if yeah. you need us. Well, can can you can you shut the door, please? Yeah, we'll be we'll be back later to check on you. All right. Oh, well, father. I think with that, let's go to a quick break. We'll real quick, yeah. and we will come back with our lovely guest and talking about today's topic. So, we've got a, a fun guest with us today. Um, I think he's been on before. Um, no, he's been on before. Actually, you guys, if you watched the stream for the, the Disney Sounds game, um, he was there with us. So, um, I want to welcome our good friend 10X back. Say hi. Hello, everyone. All right. So, I know you've been on before, 10X. Mm, but yes, twice, actually. Give us a. I know I'm gonna make you introduce yourself a little bit again, just in case there's anybody new who hasn't heard the other episodes with you. <gasps> Shock! Somebody not heard of me? Actually, I'd expect that'd be most of you. Um. So yeah, I'm uh, Tanex Raccoon, uh, a uh, local raccoon tar uh, to the state of Utah. But uh, I've been a furry for a very long time ever since i discovered uh furries on the internet now that might be a, a common story with a lot of listeners but can you say that that you discovered furries on the internet in 1995 when you first got access to the internet on a mosaic web browser hmm? Hmm? some of our listeners weren't born in 1995 i know so <laughs> i i i'm i'm I am gay death old. I've transcended gay death and become a uh, furry lich, I guess, of some sort. I, I guess. I mean, you're kind of like <laughs> in the definition of a gray muzzle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> All right. Well, here's here's a random question for you. Hmm? Give us a quirky fact about yourself, 10X. Hmm. Hmm. Quirky fact. Um... Let's see. Um, this isn't a sh necessarily a short fact, but uh, back when I was in college, I had a um, black German Shepherd dog named Bob. <laughs> and Bob loved to chase the uh, ducks at the duck pond uh, uh, um, on campus when I went walking with him. And one day he was chasing the ducks and he'd, he'd 
get into the water and he looked like a little furry submarine because, you know, like most German shepherds, he had these big giant triangle ears that stood straight up and he kind of used that to home in on a duck and he was swimming through and he was swimming after the duck and um, went between two tree branches and got stuck. Um, and I mean, he was still swimming. He, 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 uh, went gently to one side and then he went gently to the other and it was like, oh no, he's caught on something. So I pulled off my socks and shoes, threw out my, um, uh, my cell phone and, um, uh, dropped my drawers and clan and went into the duck pond. And that was some of the filthiest water i think i've ever been in it got so deep so quick and i could tell that there was muck because you know you feel a bit of resistance but it's not enough resistance your foot goes in like a couple more feet into this goo yeah we all know what the goo was yes and i i swam over and i broke the branch and yeah there was fishing line people were fishing in the duck ponds and apparently eating whatever came out of those really gross pools of water um but i got my dog out and um oh man we stink so bad it was so (laughs) (laughs) both of you in the shower as soon as you got so yes i have rescued uh a, a large german shepherd dog um uh from 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 drowning from from sure death in a duck pond (laughs) yes from a duck pond oh geez there you go how's that well there you go not all heroes wear capes (laughs) some have extra legs some of them are super stinky after they've been in the water (laughs) well fantastic so today we have i don't know i think it's a a fun little uh topic we've got going on and personally i kind of consider 10x our local uh genius local local no excuse me as i laugh (laughs) know all of of these items so today we're going to be talking about board games now yes specifically of course you know everybody knows what board games are we're not going to talk so much on like tabletop like rpg games you know like D &D and that kind of stuff we're actually talking about created board games um and what was your first board game, Sam? <sighs> Honestly, so here's the thing. My family didn't play a lot of board games. Probably the most we'd ever really played was like your basics. Like, I'm sure we played Monopoly, not that I really remember. Um, and then like, I mean, technically Uno is a card game, but we play Uno um and then we'd i think we had a copy of um trouble or sorry or Mm -hmm. whatever version of that it was yep and yeah my family was never much for like board games well i want to state that uh we played all of those two growing up and while some of those are are decent for uh little kids Partly because they mostly play themselves, aka sorry, for example. Um, You know, and heck, Uno kind of plays that way too, at least the original Uno game. A lot of those games sucked. Yeah. They sucked pretty hard. They definitely didn't have a 
uh, like replayable quality to them. You know, a couple of times through, and you're kind of like, eh. Well, I mean, in some ways, it seems like. Um... You know, game design philosophy has come a long way because also video oh, yeah. games at that point were of the, well, let's try to make them give us as much quarters as possible rather than, you know, let's give them a fun. a fun experience. I, I think uh, I, I did want to get to that question uh, a little bit later on, too, like specifically asking, like, what makes uh, a classic game or older games bad what makes sort of newer games better so i want to get to that a little bit later okay yeah um i was kind of curious uh more broadly uh since uh, i suppose so i've got like a, a twenty thousand dollar board game collection i suspect Ooh. uh if if, you, uh, if your reputation precedes you i imagine you probably got a fairly sizable board game collection to or at least experience of board games yeah you know, like ma- a massive number of board games i've seen it so it's guess- pretty big yeah, so I guess my question is, what? Why board games? Why? Why invest? You know, why would a fool like me invest twenty thousand dollars in a a board game collection? Make the pitch to to someone who's not really into board games. Why? Okay, um, community, and you know, you might think that that's kind of funny, um, funny reason, but community is how I got into back into playing board games, but. Um, we had a situation where a number of my friends worked at a restaurant. Uh, and these were people that I met when I went to college. Um, and what would happen is they, they worked out with the restaurant owner. And after the restaurant closed on uh, Fridays, we could use the restaurant all night long to play games so huge amounts of tables, lots of chairs, and they all got moved all together. Uh, so, and we would play games until like three and four o'clock in the morning. And I got to experience games I'd never encountered. Now, we also did card games too. Um, Magic the Gathering, for example, um, which which um, I had actually been introduced to that one before. But, you know, we, we played a wide variety of uh different board and card games while we were there i got introduced to one called robo rally nice i have robo rally that's a great game it is a great game it, it's a little <laughs> slow by modern standards here yeah but you know there is so much wackiness and hijinks that can take place if you are unfamiliar with this game you're controlling a a uh, robot and trying to race the other runs basically along conveyor belts and bottomless pits in a factory yeah yeah in a factory you've got lasers that are firing at you you you're firing lasers um and what's worse is that as you get damaged you can do less and less and the more automated your 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 character becomes um making it much much harder to avoid just committing suicide in the middle of the race because you, you have to program your robot and it's, yeah. it's time-based so you have to like go left move forward uh, turn right 90 degrees yeah. uh. it is a it is a it is an intro it is a very complicated game and at the time that i played it i had no clue that games could do things like that uh that there were games like that out there um and i think part of it uh, retailers are far more willing to give games a chance because you could always find Monopoly. You could always find Sorry at your local Target. 
but you know that and Candyland, but that was about all your your oh, options yeah. were. The other one I yeah. just thought was Mousetrap was the other ah, one yes. we always had. Mousetrap. And the thing I had never a worked. Operation and Perfection on my end. I had those <laughs> ones as well. Um, but but it, it's interesting because yeah, it's it's. I was thinking about this. Maybe we'll we'll just jump straight to this then. Um, the the idea that when you ask the average person, like you know, who doesn't understand board games, you say, "Well, well, certainly you've played some board games. Everyone's played something. So what have you played?" And they all say the same things: Risk, Monopoly, yeah. uh, Candyland, Mousetrap. Like these are the same games everyone's played. And I think it's because you know corporations like like Hasbro, Parker Brothers, uh, you know, these were the big ones that they acquired the license to and yes. promoted the crap out of. And and as you mentioned before, a lot of them suck. A lot of them are hugely uh, based on random number generation, or they, they really don't involve a lot of skill, or they're incredibly long or frustrating. Um, so I guess maybe to, to throw it to the room, I, I was going to ask it later, but it's probably a good idea to ask it now, I guess, since we're on the topic. What, what to you, what sucks so much about those old games that other people, that might have turned people off from gaming before they really gave it a fair shake? Well, uh, I think some of it... Um... Uh, th- there's a couple of things that 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 ha- I think have to be considered. Also, not everybody is going to like the same games. Just get that yeah. out there. You know? Yeah. Um, your mileage may vary. <laughs> your mileage may ma- vary. So uh, some of the things that I think make games interesting is, do you have something to do on your turn or are the turns short enough? The longer the turns are where you're not doing anything except watching somebody else, the more chance you have just to check out and not yep. enjoy yourself. So, um, and uh, risk can certainly risk. get that way. Yeah. Um, and also risk can be incredibly frustrating with trying to get to an end. Um you know, there are you that know, one dickhead who parks himself in Australia. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. If you know how, if, if you are grinding to a halt or ending up in a battle of attrition, that can be fun for some people. But for a lot of people, I think that you just end up with a "please let this game end, let me out of it." Now. Monopoly on the is considered to be a long game, uh, a fairly long game there too. Uh, partly because of the way that people play it uh, with the free parking money is wrong. Um, it is it is a wrong rule, and that that uh, drags it out. You're not supposed to get money when you land on free parking. Oh, um, and it makes the game last longer. The whole game is that who for that one. I think the reason why Monopoly stinks is because who gets ahead first uh, ends up with an accumulating advantage. Monopoly was designed as a game to teach people about the problems of capitalism. Of monopolies. That, yeah. that if you allow somebody to control everything, uh, all the all the land, you are not going to ever... You, everybody else loses. Yeah. Um, you that know, lesson so, has kind of been lost, ironically, <laughs> in it becoming one of the best-selling board it, games. In the, in the fact of it being, you know, capitalism. Yeah, yeah. But uh, on the other hand, I played with my sister once, and we lost with... And I lost Monopoly against my sister in 15 minutes. Wow. Because I hit every p- 
penalty possible in my first uh, rounds, including getting taxed, being sent to jail, uh, getting out of jail just to be sent back to jail (laughs) (laughs) and by and then landing on my on my sister's property every other time. So 15 minutes and I was completely done. Um, And it was frustrating because all of those terrible things happening to me. The I think the only decision I made was to pay to get out of jail faster. Um, so the rest of it was all dice and draw of the cards. And I understand that 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 is, again, Monopoly, as it was originally designed as the landlord's game, is yeah. not <laughs> meant to be, to be fun, fun for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's meant to teach a lesson about how much... Uh, uncontrolled capitalism sucks well can i can i tell you both a secret uh-huh i've never played risk okay i've never played risk in my life I'll, I'll i'll defend risk a little bit if only because i ended up playing a championship a citywide championship with risk and i uh i made it to like the, the final table of the championship i i really do enjoy risk yeah uh but i, I find playing risk i find it's like you have to play it's like playing poker if you're not playing with people who understand statistics, who understands uh, the basic strategies and the workings of the game, uh, it sucks. Mm. <laughs> Say the poker, if you're not playing with people who know how to play poker, uh, you're just playing against kind of a loose cannon wild card, then poker really sucks. That <laughs> is that is a, um, a, a consideration as well as what can make games uh, stink for people. If the game requires that you know a whole lot when getting introduced to it, it can be very difficult for people to get into it. Um, so I'll, I'll say that uh, when I've played risk, it's never been with the actual board game. It's been with the computer game version. Um, so a lot of the upkeep, the manual um, math and everything was being handled for me by the computer. And it made it a lot more approachable to me at the time. And a lot faster. Yeah, and yeah. a lot faster. Awesome. Hey, uh, Nuka, do you want to read the email we've got from sure. Ashton? Yeah. So speaking, uh, we're about to ask about uh, favorite games here, but I figure Ashton's email here is a fantastic, or Ashton's uh, email is a fantastic sort of introduction to that. Uh, so uh, good evening, y'all. I'm confident this episode is something I have been put on because I grew up on board games. My favorite board game is Monopoly. Uh, see, we were talking about some mileage <laughs> may vary. So uh, my favorite board game is Monopoly and has been for the longest time. Specifically, it's Monopoly U.S. Marines Edition. If I was to guess why, I'd say it's family influence. Since most of my family were Marines, I broke that by going Army. Anywhore, my least favorite is probably 1313 Dead End Drive. The concept isn't bad. And man, I, I just nostalgia remembering the commercials for that game. <laughs> uh, the concept isn't bad. The story behind it is that your wealthy relative has died and you have to navigate through a booby-trapped mansion and find the fortune without dying. The problem is the complexity to play. The instructions are rather confusing and things aren't quite crisply cut or clear a good chunk of the time. As a, comparable, or a couple honorable mentions of some good board games for me, would be Scrabble, yes, I agree. Battleship, also agree. Uh, and Parcheesi. Uh, Parcheesi is probably unfamiliar to some, but it's shorts, uh, but in short, it's the original Sorry, and much simpler to play. If you don't know Scrabble or Battleship, you need to crawl out from under your rock. Uh, <laughs> and, a closing, and a closing thought for me, I enjoyed the live show for Disneyland. Being able to interact with y'all was great. Although, unfortunately, I wasn't able to stay for the whole thing since I was a drill for the National Guard. 
I hope you all plan some more live shows and I hope I can catch them. Uh, your locally ancient circle, Ashton Allingham. So thank you very much, Ashton. Yes. Um, and man, the nostalgia there, listing off the games there. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Now, I, I, I will, again, um, you know, I personally don't like Monopoly very much, but I've never played the other variants of Monopoly either. Um, and um, and I'm glad that he's got uh, good experiences with these. Uh, again, mine is an opinion. What I like is not necessarily what other people are going to like. So many, 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 many years ago. Um Oh, man. So my wife made basically like a like a stripper version, like a sh- or like a strip, oh. like a strip game version of Monopoly. And instead oh, of no. so, instead of having money, it was like take action the, cards, like taking off clothes or, you know, doing a naughty dance or See, something like that. That would be hilarious. Um, Taking a shot, maybe? So, yeah. <laughs> we haven't broken that out for a long time, but we used to take that to a convention that used okay. to exist, which no longer exists, and we play it there. And it was fun. It was great. <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned that, because something uh, related to that, that that Ashton mentioned as well, um, is this idea that what makes us like a game can sometimes be more than just the game itself. Context matters so much, right? So if, if the... Your, your first memory of Monopoly is playing it with your family. The game might have sucked, but the people you were with when you were playing that game, if it has this fond place in your memory, um, you know, it may become your favorite game for reasons beyond. It is the It has the best rules or the best, you know. So that's something to keep in mind, too, why people may disagree. But I guess if we're going to go around the room and ask, um, you know, since we're making this distinction between sort of the classic Hasbro Parker Brother games and more modern non-classic games um what is your your favorite classic and not classic board game if you had to narrow it down to one or two i'm gonna make rue answer this one hey rue you should answer this too what hey rue answer the question i don't know what question that you're talking about (laughs) was i supposed to be listening to stuff uh excuse me i think so is it Rue, the sound guy this I time? I think he's, he's pseudo the sound job guy. Is that Sorry, he's I'm hotboxing this room here. We might need a we back, might need to go get a new back one. Back in your booth. What, <laughs> what was that question? What's your favorite classic uh, game? My favorite classic game and non classic uh, board game. Um, you know, I'll be honest. I did really enjoy playing Risk growing up. Um, I loved playing Risk. Um. I actually have two copies of Risk, so I'm definitely one of those people that love to love to spend a whole day playing Risk, but I've kind of grown out of that now, since now I've kind of learned about all these other games, and I, I feel like that now whenever I go back to play Risk, I'm like, oh my goodness, like, this, this is like, this takes forever. So I definitely love the computerized version. And then, of course, Monopoly isn't bad either. But as a child, even as a kid, I collected board games 100%. I had a whole um, – I had a Harry Potter closet. You no, know, I didn't live there, I promise. Sure. Um, but um, d- don't you know that I'm a wizard, Sammy? You're a wizard, I'm Rochi. a wizard, Sammy. Um, so – under the stairs, 
like was supposed to be where we kept like our emergency backpacks. Well, guess what? If we ever had an emergency, there's there no way that they would have been able to get, get to it unless they climbed over a fellow, you know, Scrabble, all oh God, the lovely different <laughs> different things that we had there. Oh, and then I laid Legos out in that area too. So yeah, there's no way that you're going to get to your emergency backpacks in time. There's no emergency. There's only board games. Exactly. But one of my favorites when I was younger was something called, there's two of them. A, there's one called Omega Virus. And you play it with a electronic um, computer. Um, but but it's not a computer game. So you have batteries that you that you put in it. And it keeps track of, um, you have to input which room that you're going to. And you're trying to go around to collect keys so that you can progress to other areas of the board. And uh, you were trying to defeat the Omega virus. And you had a certain time limit. And I think that this was my first time playing a board game that was cooperative. Um, because you all were trying to work together to be able to defeat the Omega virus. And when you go into a room, you could punch in a secret number to, to figure out if, if you know where the Omega virus is actually I, located. I thought you were going to say you could go into the room and punch the virus. I mean, <laughs> I was like, yes, I, you, you do have to collect certain weapons. So once you find the room, then you have to go back with the weapons to destroy the Omega virus. So anyways, it's a it's a really uh, fun board game. But I also really, really enjoyed um, this game called Commercial Crazies, which I actually had an opportunity to Sky play it airlines. just barely at airlines. my birth birthday party. Sky what was High that? Airlines. Sky High Airlines. <laughs> Wait, what? what is that? Sky High Airlines. Well, what is that from? That's from that game. It, it is. It is. Anywho, uh, I'm going to go back into my um, box here. I'm not supposed to be here. So, yeah. Thanks. Bye, guys. Thanks, Rue. Bye, Fox. I'll make sure I lock the padlock. Thanks. All right. <laughs> 10X, what about you? So, um, okay. Classic so and non-classic. Classic game. Classic game. I'm going to say for a classic game, one that I have fond memories of, and it's still decent, is uh, Uno. Okay. I, I, I do uh, rather like it. Um, it was one that my family would play a lot. Um, although, if I had to play a classic game now, I would probably say Jenga. Or oh. if we're going for a class, or, or if we're going for just an old game that's a little different, um, Steve Jackson's Ogre. What? It is. Uh, it is an interesting asymmetrical uh, two-player game. In which one person uh, is play has a has a base and is defending it with howitzers, light tanks, heavy tanks, and infantry, and the other player has a single piece, the ogre, a cybernetic tank, and you actually have about a fifty-fifty chance of who wins between that setup. Yeah, nice. so in which the ogre is just such a devastating um, uh, weapon that all you need is a single single piece. Um, and what's nice about that one is that if you have one person, if you have a new player, you put them in charge of the ogre. Uh, 
because that minimizes how many decisions they oh. have to make. Um, and it gives them a nice power trip fantasy. And it does because, <laughs> oh my gosh, they spend all their time. They're like, I can run over your infantry and make them go squish. And you go, yeah. And then you're like, poor infantry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you have to build up all of this work. And I'm just over here like flick. Yes. Flick. Yes. So, um, uh, so that's a fun one that I got introduced in, I think in middle school or high school. Um, now for modern ones, if I had to introduce somebody to a, to a board game, uh, that ha that doesn't normally play board games. We'll, we'll ask that question a bit later. Oh, okay. So this, is, this is like your favorite This is one. your okay. personal favorite. Um, your favorite. Ooh, that is a toughie. <laughs> Betrayal at House in the Hill is a fantastic oh, yes. game. It is absolutely fantastic. But I'm also a fan of this one. It, you probably haven't heard of it. It's called Histrio. Well, I've heard of it because it's at your house. Yes. But I don't think I've actually played it. Um, it is, first of all, it is furry bait. Everything is furry themed. <laughs> and that is fantastic. Um. It was a gift from my husband. <laughs> um, but everybody, but what it is is that you are playing, uh, you are controlling a thespian troop, a troop of actors. Oh, wait, I think I did play this. And you're uh, trying to visit uh, one of eight cities to perform plays, uh, preparing for the end of the season. Now, if... Everybody chooses which city they're going to at the same time. And if you're the only one that goes there, you get all the uh, cards that are built up at that city. But if multiple people go there, you don't get any of the cards. Uh, and in fact, they can uh, swing uh, what type of play wins the game um, against you pretty easily. And... Uh, However, you do get secret missions that way. So you do want to mess up somebody's uh, somebody's destination at least once during the game. I think I either, I don't remember if I played it or just watched you guys play it, but that is familiar. What about you, Nuka? Uh, for me, favorite classic game, I already mentioned uh, Risk is my, uh, again, I, I went to a championship. I played so much of it that... Uh, uh, I guess like I, I have a fondness for it because when I used to have sleepovers with my friends, um, either we were playing the Nintendo 64, which had just come out, which was, yeah. Yeah. Or we were playing Risk till like four in the morning. Um, and then for non-classic game, I guess if I were to go through my collection, my, my two favorites uh, have to be um, Terraforming Mars for years has been my favorites. Uh, recently I got my hands on Gloomhaven and the last year or so I've been playing just a shit ton of Gloomhaven and Gloomhaven is pretty amazing too. Um, so yeah, I would say either like, uh, Terraforming Mars, for those who don't know, it's, uh, a, uh, you're, you're all sort of working on terraforming Mars, your corporations, uh, turning Mars into a livable planet, but you're all competing with each other to, to be the best company on Mars, right? So there's different tactics. You go, oh, I'm going to go. And I'm going to try to mine steel and, and, and you know, uh, pump the, the output of that into the atmosphere to, to improve, the, raise the temperature. And others might go, well, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw Phoebos and Deimos into Mars and, and heat up the planet by smashing the, the moon into it. Uh, so it's quite fun in that one. And then Gloomhaven is just, uh, 
Um, sort of like if you were to take D&D and turn it into sort of a board game-ish. It's uh, got a campaign mode to it. It's uh, phenomenal. Absolutely love it. Um, so yeah, either one of those, I would say. How about uh, how about you, Sammy? Nice. Um, mine, classic, just kind of thinking about what we had. Probably Mousetrap. I just liked playing with the mechanisms, really. I wouldn't actually Did play any the game. kid actually ever play Mousetrap the game, or did they just fuck around with the actual traps? I both? We played with the board. Yeah, we oh, played. You, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd play it if I had somebody to play with, but if I didn't, i just play with the pieces. Yeah. Um, so I'll say that, and then uh, current um, betrayal um, how, on House on the Hill is, I fucking, I love that game. I will, I would play that game over it's and really over and over. Um, and then another one I enjoy is called Here Kitty Kitty. Um the whole synopsis of the game, and I, I don't know if this tells you something about me or not. The entire point of the game is to get as many cats into your yard and into your house as possible. I love it. I love it already. <laughs> and that's that's all, all, all the game is. It's like a four-player game, and then your whole thing is to just get all the cats and basic, basically be a crazy cat lady. So, Hey! Hey. What? I'm tapping on the glass. Hey. What? Hey. hey. What? Did you guys know that Betrayal on the House of the Hill is getting a new update? No. So it will be coming out, I believe, in August. Sweet. So they are currently accepting pre-orders for Betrayal on the House of the Hill. I need to play and beat the Betrayal Legacy game before uh, before that then, I guess. Oh, my goodness. That's fun I too. cannot talk about that. No. Oh my goodness, that has that that has burned <laughs> hatred <laughs> into <laughs> my heart. <laughs> I love that game so fucking much, and I played it with Sammy. Yes. So Sammy knows it wasn't how, my fault though. How hard it is for me to speak about that game. Yeah. Because a we had uh, one person that we were playing with that absolutely loved the game that they decided to go buy it themselves and get their own group of friends to play it with and when it comes to a betrayal legacy game there's spoilers right yeah Yeah. and so they would come back to our game and they would um change the the, they would want to see the different scenarios so they would change things they would change their options based on what they'd already done you were betrayed by this person and yes and (laughs) then we had somebody that is also a DD player which i understand but their whole family really 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 wanted to be like evil and betray but the whole fact of the matter is is that the very last round when we were trying to beat like the big big baddie they were not the traitor they were not chosen to be the traitor but they wanted so they wanted to be so they decided to go against the rules of everything that's not fun yes And that's why that person, never mind. <laughs> that's why that person is not here today. No. <laughs> because you that's killed them just like you killed Voss. Yes. They're all dead. <laughs> For those who are not aware, the legacy series of games are interesting because when you play a game, uh, however the game turns out, you then open up different envelopes that are sealed or destroy cards or other pieces of the game. So you your next game... 
is affected by whatever the prior result was. There is a risk legacy as well yeah. out there, uh, which depending on how the previous risk ga game ended, I believe you start in different locations with different resources available to you. Very cool. There's uh, also werewolf legacy. Yeah. That's yeah. If that's something you're interested in, there's lots to check out. But on that, I think we need to take a quick break. Yeah. Um, we will be back in just a little bit. So hold on. We'll be back in just a few. Hi, it's Leo the Wolf here from London, England. And you're listening to For What It's Worth. Enjoy your time you've got in bed with a cookie. to say thank you to Leo the Wolf for the lovely ident that you just heard uh, and to tell you that if you would like to be part of that uh, ident to help out the show uh, you too can submit one if you go to our uh, oh my gosh why am I saying the name of the thing called SpeakPipe if you go to our SpeakPipe and uh, give us just a little pitch there let folks know what they're listening to the the man the g-man the government wants us every so often to let people know what the heck they're listening to so we have to put those things in and uh, you could just listen to us monotonously saying that they're listening to uh, uh, for what it's worth. I feel it's more fun if uh, you guys help make it more wacky, interesting, give it some character. So uh, let us have them. Fire away. Uh, we really appreciate it. And speaking of appreciation, uh, you hear that heavenly music. No, you are not having some kind of a stroke. In fact, you are listening to... Our lovely worship music, the Patreons, who've done so much for the show. Uh, we'd like to thank them all here for their contributions. Uh, Patreons who include Sly, Ashton Circle, Jarl the Spirit Wolf, Big Bear Luno, Geekware, Some Asshole Named Nuka, Koru, Bubble Whip, Edelor Solthair, Moss, Chapagriff, Aussie K, Blackbald Rick, Ligris, Kit, Achigo Okami, Simone Parker, Guardian Lion, Rifka Fox, and Harlan Fox. Thank you all very, very much. Uh, if you'd like to contribute to the show yourself, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash FWIW. But that's enough of the, the, the sideshow stuff. Let's get right back into our topic for today. Uh, and I figured actually we could uh, allow an email here to maybe lead us into this, uh, this uh, topic here. So we have an email here. Uh, do we have who it's from? Uh, yeah, it's. I don't know how to say it. Is it Ar Arag? Uh, Arag? 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 Yeah, yeah Arag, I'm not Arag. quite sure. So sorry if, if we got that wrong. Uh, but Please correct us. Their uh, their email is uh, uh, goes as follows: Greetings for what it's worth. Cast hello to those I haven't messaged yet. I'm a relatively new listener. Welcome. Been listening for about a month now. 
but I've been getting caught up on episodes. Recently joined the Telegram group as a raw. I'm a whiskey out in Arizona, and I've been an uninvolved member of the furry community for about 21 to 22 years. I'm not a suitor just yet, and I haven't been to any conventions, but I'm considering getting more involved in the fandom since I'm closing in on my career ambitions. I'm a pharmacist working on my licensing exams for my first license. Congratulations to you. Good luck with that. Anyways, introduction aside, onto the topic, they say in their, their email, which continues. Uh, growing up, the main exposure that I've had to board games has been computerized games against AI opponents in the Hoyle Classic Board Game series that was on PC. I fondly remember playing hours of Parcheesi, Battleship, Chinese Checkers, Yahtzee, Mancala, Backgammon, and Mahjong. I've played all of those. Uh, as for physical board games, Risk and Monopoly are classics if you have plenty of time to set up and play. Uh, those ones keep coming back, I notice. Uh, <laughs> one unique board game that I still enjoy uh, showing to new people uh, was a game called Nightmare. It involved playing a game not only against your opponents, but an adversarial game master called The Gatekeeper that you would play against on a VHS tape. The video for it is available on YouTube, and I'll provide it below. It was part of the Atomsphere series of board games, and it is best played in dim lighting with a few friends. The game has a fun, borderline cringy feeling due to the acting and uh, creepy soundtrack, so it's best played near Halloween. You have exactly one hour to play and win the game against the gatekeeper, completing different challenges that, you, that he gave you on screen. If you and your group of friends are unable to beat the game in that time frame, the gatekeeper is considered the winner. And, oh, I think there's more here. Yeah. Anyways, before I take up too much of your time uh, with my email's response, I simply wanted to add my praise for the show. You've covered a wide range of topics, and I'm still enjoying listening my way through the prior episodes. The production quality is fantastic. It's fun hearing the friendly badger between the hosts and the guests, and your show takes on some of the more challenging topics gracefully. Nice to meet you. I hope you all have a great show and a great day. Well, thank you very much, Rob. We, uh, we appreciate that. So yeah, I hadn't heard of that game. I yeah, me, me neither. It's it's it, I've heard of that genre of game where you're there's something that plays a VHS or I guess nowadays it'd be like a DVD or a, a YouTube video or something. But a DVD, that. Um, which I guess might be a really nice way to transition into a conversation about uh, different types of games. So we've we've kind of mentioned already. We've danced a bit around the idea of uh, different genres of board games, types of games. So, so we've kind of mentioned like the, 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 a game like Monopoly is really focused on like acquiring resources, making strategic plays, investment type games. Risk is very much about like, you know, taking lands, conquering a limited resource. Um, but there's a lot of different types of games out there. And I figured we could maybe spitball a few, talk about a few or some, some types of games that uh, if you're a listener who's only ever really played a Monopoly or a Risk uh, entire genres of games a person might not be familiar with. And if I could, I guess I'll, I'll kickstart it. I might suggest something like um, what we might call a worker placement game. Uh, a, a game sort of like uh, Lords of Waterdeep, perhaps, or uh, Viticulture. A game where you have a certain number of little people or tokens or uh, uh, little characters. And you, you every turn, you, you place a character and get a little bonus for them. And at the end of the round, you get your little tokens back and it's an entire genre of game that i don't think has a, an equivalence when you look at like hasbro or parker brother games so, yeah that yeah. one doesn't really have an equivalence that said i can also recommend a furry themed version yes of that um just a, a fresh out of 
a freshly delivered Kickstarter game called Creature Comforts. It is, again, heavily furry themed. So all the characters are anthropomorphic animals. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at the box right now. I see a yeah. lynx. I see a raccoon. In I this see a case, squirrel. It, 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 is, it, it does have the worker placement issue in that you're sending out uh, your, your workers out to try and uh, uh, get resources. The extra twist off of here is that you also um, roll dice and there is a community set of dice. And those also act as workers because your workers don't succeed. They have to have certain dice to succeed or fail at different locations. So you have to assign your dice to the proper proper locations in order to get the, the in order to get the full benefit out of whatever location you sent them. I'll I'll say one thing I didn't um personally till i started really playing games with like 10x and the local friends um at the game nights that that they host and do um i didn't have a whole ton of experience before with the cooperative style games because before it was always like it's you know versus it's you versus you know whomever you're playing but there's been some really fun cooperative style ones that i've liked when it comes to competition you know okay so american style you tend to have everybody against everybody else with a singular winner um you also have nowadays you have cooperative games where everybody is working together against a threat and one of my favorites even though it's uh, such a um kind of a, a, a so complicated overly complicated for that one is um well we have mansions of madness and we also have um uh, oh shoot trying to remember the cthulhu named one uh, oh uh eldritch, uh, eldritch uh, horror or uh, no, arkham horror no, arkham horror arkham horror, arkham horror. Yes. Yes. I have that one. Yes. so yeah. uh in that case for example that one's interesting because the way the basic the basic mechanic of the game is that the game itself is throwing out challenges that you guys have to succeed and the problem is is the challenges keep coming out faster and faster so eventually you're not going to be able to handle them if you don't take the game to its conclusion um you know so but uh, then, you, but then you also have euro style games that's that's usually what they're called in yeah. which case you're never directly competing with each other yeah um but you can take actions that benefit you more than they necessarily benefit other people sometimes any action you take benefits everybody it's just whoever initiates the action gets gets a boost gets a little bit of a bonus um so those are nice too because you don't have as hurt feelings yeah yeah um sometimes it's nice when a game will deliberately have mechanics in there so that if you're losing instead of losing faster and faster the game starts you know essentially the equivalent of a mario kart blue shell as i was gonna say it starts mario karting Yeah, yeah yeah so that so that so that you don't because if you lose and lose badly it feels bad you are not having it's hard to have a good time when you're in last place and not only last place but last place by a good chunk and you're getting further and further away from yeah 
Yeah. And the game st- and the game starts penalizing you for being in last place. So I, I really like what you mentioned about Euro uh Euro games too. I would say Euro Trash, even though uh I love Euro games. I just think <laughs> the name Euro Trash has always stuck with me. Um but I, I'm I'm a super non-confrontational person, despite my loving risk as a kid. I definitely don't like games where there's hurt feelings or the potential like, okay, my gain has to come at someone else's loss. So I'm, I, I find a certain appeal. If you're a person like me who doesn't like confrontation or fighting or having to like actively betray someone at the table and upset people, uh, it's fantastic to be able to play a game where you and your opponents aren't actually fighting each other, but it's just who can build the better engine, who can build the faster, yeah. sleeker, more efficient machine or whatever it is you're doing. That to me is very fun because at the end of the, the game, you can appreciate each other's work and, oh, you know, that was really fun. That was really cool. And you gave me some ideas there without feeling like you and I have actually fought it out. And, you know, my, not like at risk where if you've lost something or I, I've gained something at your loss. So, yes. Yeah, it is. It is nice when a game has it where um, where you don't have a zero sum approach. Yeah, to play. Exactly. Again, not everybody is going to agree with that. Some people really will appreciate the aggressive play that you can have. It has its time and place for sure. Sometimes it's fun to be like, ha, I beat all your asses. Uh, Other types of games that people may not have heard of before uh, or or maybe not be aware of. um, There's an entire genre of I'm not sure what you would call these these kinds of games. I call them like themed games or games are like uh, Dark Souls, the board game or Frag, the board game. Gears I think a number of those are kind of uh, strategy games. They're they're yeah. uh, in a lot of ca- cases they're almost modified war games. Uh, I have one which is uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and oh my god, it came with an absolutely amazing selection of uh, th- of uh, plastic miniatures uh, <laughs> for like so many uh, te- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle characters. Um, but yeah, that, that is, it's, it's almost a war game. It's a, yeah. uh, you know, it's what I would consider those. I'm curious um, to see your, your, your take on them because my impression has always been those kinds of games are much more about substance or sort of style over substance where it's like the theming is you're, you're paying for like the, 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 the good little miniatures and the sleek theming and like all the, the in references and stuff. But I, I, I often find that the mechanics of the game or is it a fun game sometimes comes secondary to the the game itself it, it can it can and it certainly goes for the more complicated the rules come um in the end it, it, it complexity is nice because it gives you more uh, it can make it feel more real it can feel it can give you more options but at a certain point, you also have people that they have a couple of hours to, to play the game. And if they're fighting the rules the whole time, that, that, that isn't fun. Um, but yeah, those, the, I, I honestly don't have very many of those uh, themed games. I do have uh, a decent amount of some games you'd call story games that have a heavy focus on narrative. Um, mm. Again, Betrayal at House on yeah, the Hill betrayal. is is a heavily story-based uh, game, I feel, that there's a lot of narrative that comes out just off of the basic gameplay. Um, what Mysterium was that? is another one that I think has the potential to be um, 
depending on how, how much the people at the table are really into it, if you've ever played yeah. Mysterium. Yeah. Um, it's Mysterium if you haven't played it before. If you like Clue, this is like grown-up Clue. <laughs> it's like the, <laughs> the, the bigger, better version of Clue. Uh, there's also, what's that plushy game you have, 10X, where it's quite literally a storybook and you're little plushies trying to get back to your person oh oh that actually isn't my game oh it's I, not i think oh. that's um is that uh, ruse game yeah yeah i oh. think that's ruse game okay so. well that but but uh, i do that would have story driven mice game. and mystics yes which which that one is another it is a cross between um kind of a a, a strategy game in that uh you a strategy war game in that you are moving miniatures around. Um, and, but it's got a, a branching storyline going with it too. You're, you're basically a witch has placed a curse and you are the King's last loyal um, guards basically. And you guys all get turned into mice. And uh, so you're trying to escape and, um, the same curse that turned you into mice also turns uh, the 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 bat villains into like giant spiders and and cats and things, um, and it's got some mechanics so that you cannot rest around. You know, killing all the monsters is not the goal. It's getting you you have a goal for every scenario, and whether or not you meet or or fail that goal ch makes it where the next scenario is is different, you know, changes what you can accomplish later on. So there is we'll one see. thing I want to touch on real quick. Sorry, Nuka. Um, Good. Um. So I I've been seeing more games that have like we talked about a little bit like the VHS uh, add-on game, and then there's more with like apps and other type add-on things um would you consider those as like a good thing i mean i guess it kind of depends on how it's used in the game or is it too distracting from would you think it might be too distracting from the game itself my thought on it would be that it's sort of like with augmented reality or vr it's mm. there's a lot of really there's a lot of potential there, and there's also a lot of really crappy ways to use it. There are certainly a lot of very gimmicky games out there that use that sort of technology. And I think when the gimmick becomes all you're buying it for, it's not great. But I think there are examples of when it's been done well. Um, and I think in those cases, like when it's just a thing you can't do without some kind of a timer or some kind of a electronic device randomizing things. That's just my, my stance. I don't know what 10x thinks. Uh, I agree with you uh, strongly, actually. If it's just a gimmick, there's no point. However, it uh, one of the things that I do appreciate about the apps is that they can make games that are significantly more complicated and difficult uh, to run individually. They can make it a lot more approachable and easier. Mansions of Madness is an excellent example of this. Um as trying to as you can run it without the app but as a result you have to um manage all the monsters uh and uh placement of everything much more carefully almost than, like you need like an extra person to just yeah, do that for for just running the uh, essentially the board portion portion it's kind of interesting because there are some uh computer games which are board games that are not 
physical board games. Hmm. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. There's, yeah. uh, I, although I'm blanking out on the name of it, uh, it's um, uh, it's the one where the king is being corrupted. And the oh, Armello. Like, Armello. Yeah. Yes, that's it. So Armello, they actually tested out the gameplay by um, following the rules. And doing it with a physical board game. They had cards and everything all printed up. Um, and you can watch a making of video where they sh- demonstrate it. There was no way that they were going to release Armello like that, though, uh, because it took them hours to complete it, the game. Even just on the the digital, it's at still... Yeah, it's complex. I wouldn't have to... Yeah, I'd hate yeah. to have to follow For digital, stuff. it's about an hour for the game. Yeah, for a um, playthrough. And it is... But with the computer handling, uh, like, all the guards and everything, they follow very specific rules, but you don't have to worry about it because the computer's handling that. Again, I think that using an app to augment that helps. Um, there's a couple of other games that I know of. Um, uh, Escape. Uh, let's see. Escape from the Cursed Temple, I think, is one, which... Um, in that case, the app is mostly it explains the rules very succinctly uh, in the first in about 60 seconds and then tells you to go and then runs a timer um, with music. And uh, when you get to the critical points in the time, uh, because there's some events that occur at certain times, it it you hear these gongs and and uh then have the narrator instruct you know if you fail to accomplish this this is what happens now yeah uh, so that simplifies the game again you don't need to use that uh, use the 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 in this case it's just an mp3 yeah if you don't want to um you can cert- it, the game even comes with a little sand timer that you can use but uh, I found that it's a lot better to play with um, with the audio file there. So I'm going to jump to, I don't know if it's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum or not, but um, just for some recommendations for, well, maybe not for recommendations, but maybe your favorites for your your furry s games um the ones the ones that that those of us that like that kind of thing might enjoy or or be drawn to maybe they're well made or they're just you know ones that you've enjoyed playing that kind of stuff i will warn the that uh a number of these games may be difficult to find at your local gaming store although some of them um uh, because in a lot of cases, these were uh, Kickstarter type games um, that I took a risk on on funding and then uh, eh, risk. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's see. There's one that I do know that's out there. It's called Kittens in a Blender. Yeah. If you can stomach the idea, what it is, you've got very cartoony uh, kittens, and apparently they're plan they're playing on a dangerous kitchen counter. So the goal is to get your kittens in the box to safety and away, uh, from, the and away from the blender, which the the rat can trigger, and uh, turning these colorful, extremely cartoony kittens into uh, obviously fruit flavored shake or something. <laughs> um let's see uh 
Raccoon Tycoon, which is a, um, a resource management game along with trying to um, kind of gain various monopolies, not just one, but several of them. Um, Capitalism. Of, we, can, um, we can't get away from monopoly. No, no. <laughs> it it is. I mean, you're you're try, The more you can get of a certain type of railroad, the more you can own of it. The better uh, your score gets. Basically, um, let's see. I mentioned Histrio. Uh, let's see, Mob Town. Mob Town is probably very hard to find at this point because, unfortunately, the guy who made it and did the Kickstarter for it, he went bankrupt due to other um, oh no occurrences before the game had been delivered. So a different uh, company picked up Mob Town, and uh, they didn't have to do this. Uh, they received all the shipments of Mobtown and then sent it out to the people who kickstarted it. Uh, but that one's an interesting one where you build the city and then you try to take over as much of the city as you can using various anthropomorphic mobsters like weasels and sharks, foxes, uh, vixens, uh, rats and snakes. I um, feel this is very like up until the uh, uh, police uh, dogs show up yeah, and then it's you have very to flee stereotype <laughs> to a new town. Yeah, yeah. And finally, I was going to mention Rabbit Island, which that one's another one where you build your map at the beginning together. Um and uh, then you proceed, uh, you, you are rabbits that have arrived at this new island and you need to build farms and, um, you know, areas there. This is another one where people can uh, benefit, you know, if you visit another rabbit's farms, you can get carrots. But of course, the owner of that farm also gets carrots. Yay, uh, carrots. Yeah. So you're trying to collect as many carrots as possible. I, um, I don't know. Too, too, oh, sorry, go ahead. Here we go. No, no, go for no, it, Nuka. That was, for, that was done. I don't have too, too many furry board game recommendations, but if I could recommend one that I've really enjoyed uh, and that you probably have a better chance of finding at a, uh, an actual board game store somewhere, uh, Root is a, a, an oh, excellent... Oh, yes. Yeah, that, that's one that if you like the idea of like little a little army of woodland critters fighting each other, uh, you might have a better chance of, of finding uh, Root in your uh, local game store, so... Now, I will warn that is not an easy uh, no, game no. necessarily. Yeah. Um, and you might want to check out, they, they do have a video game version of the board game. It's the same rules, just as a video game board game. So it takes care, it lets you know what your options are. In fact, it can be really useful. I say root can have a lot of management. When you're learning yeah. the rules. Yeah. The reason why it's complicated is because it's an asymmetrical game. Every player in the game has their own separate rules from the other players. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a great, it's a great game though. It's super cute. Um, we do have I, a, one more email. Yeah, yeah one more email. I can yeah. go ahead and do, I can go ahead and do that last email we've got from cookies. All right. Hold on. No, it's not from, from you, Rue. Aw. <laughs> Yes, I opened up the door. I'm like, what? I said the C word, and and Rue just pops out. You it know, it was like magic. Yeah, it's cookies. get back in your room. Get back. Uh, All okay. right, box and boxes. <laughs> All right, it says. Don't make hey, me get the hose. I'll go put my socks on. <laughs> All right, it says, hey Rue, Tugs, 
Koru and Fire Breath in official order. This is Scooch again. Again, I heard that you guys were going to talk about board games, so I thought that I'd give my two Fox dollars. Personally, I don't play board games that much, but when I do, I have I have fun. I've played Snakes and Ladders, Clue, and Monopoly, etc. Something that I would want to play one day is D&D. I would have played it already, but I don't really have any IRL friends that would be into it, and the only ones that I could get locally is a Stranger Things D&D, and I accidentally showed it to my dad, and he said that it that I would not be getting it because it was the devil. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, I think that board games can be just as good as video games. For board games, you get to see the reactions of people, and it seems like we can have more fun. And for video games, you can still have just as much fun, and it's more open. I guess for the fact of playing things like Overwatch, Fortnite, COD, etc., you can actually shoot your friends. So if one of them makes you mad, you can just tell them to join you in COD. <laughs> Anyways, that's my two cents. Sorry, I had to say I had to say it saying two fox dollars just doesn't roll off the tongue. Also, I finished more of Scooch and I sent a picture with this email. Oh, also, also, I try to make a joke when I sent my first email, but autocorrect, uh, suppose, but autocorrected it. It was supposed to be vor, not vote, and the joke was that I didn't want to meet Rue IRL because my name is Cookies and Rue likes cookies, so vor him eating me. <laughs> Anyways, bye bye for now. Stay sweet. Perfect. And I did, we did, well, I saw the picture, Scooch, and it's looking very good. Um, the art's definitely um, coming along very well. But we do thank you for sending in that email. Um, so I want to interject. What? I just want to add real quick. I thought you padlocked the room, Nuka. Uh, uh, I broke found out a, when the an escape hatch here. Apparently Voss has entered, and he likes adding little secrets to rooms. I have to add more padlocks. Like so, um, yeah, I wanted to say thank you so much for the old school, for what it's worth, reference of um, Fox Dollars. At one point in time, way, way back in the day, we back ended up doing day. a competition to uh, creating Fox Dollars and what Fox Dollars would look like. So, Yes, thank you for, for that particular old reference. Wouldn't Fox Dollars just be money with your face on it? I don't know. I mean, you know. I, I think that's what we're going for. And then for. on the opposite end, it'll be like cookies. Yeah. and it, or your, No, it'd be your it'd That's be the your denomination butt. or something? I would yeah. say it's probably uh, lots of uh, shed fur just kind of matted together. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Used for money. Okay, I'll, I'll let you go back to uh, reading the email, sorry, <laughs> or responding to the email. Awesome. Uh, one thing that was touched on in the email that I think is worth asking before we go to the break here. Um, what's like, the difference between board games versus other types of games? So it was, it was mentioned, Cookies mentioned uh, video games. And I think there is something distinctly different, speaking as a psychologist here, uh, about actually sitting around a table in, in meat space, physical space with other people <laughs> around the table space. with you, right? So. Um, you can see their reactions. Uh, oftentimes it's, it's with actual, you know, like friends that you may know even better than people, you know, online, um, to something to that. I think that's lost, you know, playing a, a game, even if it's like a game of monopoly or risk, right. Playing that 
at the table with your friends feels different than if you were to play it online with them, um, you know, at a distance. I agree. And I think that actually one of the things that you get when you're playing one of these uh, physical games is that if you don't like a rule and your friends agree with you, you can change it. Nothing is enforcing the rules. I love house rules. Other than your your friends. So, in fact, you can make these games terribly wacky and strange if you want to, using just using the basic items that come with it and then adding in your own weird home restrictions. Or... Yeah, like turning brew. Monopoly into a strip game, you know. That that is one thing I like about uh Tabletop Simulator. Rather than just play ah, like yes. the, the official Risk board game, if you play the tabletop simulator, then you can add these little house rules or mess around with it. You're not bound by the programming that Westwood Games or Hasbro has put into it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Perfect. We will go to our last break for a quick moment, and then we will come back with final thoughts and our housekeeping bits and... Uh, get everything said and done. So we'll be back in just a few. There once was a ship that put to sea and the name of the ship was the belly of tea. The winds blew hard, her bow it down. Oh, blow me, bully boys, blow. Soon may the wellerman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. She had not been two weeks from shore When down on her a right whale bore The captain called all hands and swore He'd take that whale in tow Soon may the wellerman come And we're back! Alright, so last little bit here So we're gonna do a quick lightning round As we finish up this topic Okay, uh, here's the question guys What makes a board game good or bad now we just want a quick one sentence one sentence answer for both of that what's good and what's bad and i'm gonna make rue start us off with rue what do you think makes a board game good or bad um starting with good either way um i think team cooperation is good is good what what makes a board game bad um long Long turns that only involve one person. What about you, Nuka? Uh, what makes it good? Easy to learn, hard to master. But again, that you can pick up quickly, but there is uh, a big skill curve that you can get better at with more practice. What makes a, uh, a game bad? In my opinion, lots of RNG. Uh, the more randomness there is in the game, the less your game is won and lost by skill, the less fun it is to me. Oh, RNG, random number generator. Okay. I had to, yeah, I was no, going to no, ask no. you, and then I thought about it for a second. I was like, what does that mean? RNG system. I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> 10X, you get the last say on this. What makes a game good or bad? I like games that keep everybody engaged uh, throughout the process. Um, you know, being knocked out of a game and then having to go twiddle your thumbs while everybody else has fun sucks. Uh, and for. What makes a game bad is one that is wasting my time. Oh my goodness, no, I have to say one more. Uh, <laughs> uh, ones that have, like, I, I strongly dislike 
video games, I mean, not video games, board games that have an instruction manual that's like the size of the Bible. Oh, yeah. A novel manual. All right. Okay. So, lightning round question number two. I don't know if it's really a question. Um, Game recommendations. So, I want one that you would consider easy to learn. One that's, you know, one you can really just kind of pick up and play. And then maybe one that's a little more complex. And we're going to go opposite this time. I'm going to start with you, 10X. Okay. Easy to learn. Love letter. Love letter. Mm. It, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really good game. And the rules are simple enough that people can pick it up quickly. Okay. And it plays quickly. Um, oh, I'm probably going to have to go with Betrayal. For more complex? Yeah. Yeah, I can agree on that one. Yeah. That one is a better, that that one is a good next stage. Yeah, for sure. Game. What about you, Nuka? Easy to learn and more complex? Uh, easy yep. to learn? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Mysterium. Uh, Mysterium is like, if you liked, I think I said it before, if you like Clue, uh, but you want like the more friendly everyone around the table working together version of clue mysterium is phenomenal for that uh for a harder game that is fantastic uh i would say either terraforming mars or gloomhaven uh i would also recommend checking out the site boardgamegeeks.com because uh both of those two games are in the top five i think of all board games ever in terms of rating so all right rue i'm throwing you in as well oh Easy uh, to learn i would have complex. to say um, a simple one is Goblin Breakfast. Yes. I do enjoy Goblin Breakfast a lot. Uh, it's really fun. It's very short. Uh, it, it can be as short as as long as you want it to be. Basically, you all play goblins that is wanting to, they basically want to eat as much food as they possibly can. And basically what you do is you attack other players so that you can steal their food and eat it before they eat theirs. So you just want to make sure that you're eating the, the most food or the most points. So it's like hungry, hungry hippos with exactly violence. with so goblins. It's, <laughs> it, it's, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. Um, and then another game would have to be, Oh my goodness. The more complex. No, one. I know this one. Why can't I think red dragon in? <laughs> oh, that's, that's, a a, that's a much more comp- complex type game. Each um, character has their own set of rules and own set of cards. And so therefore learning how each player plays, it, it's it's somewhat similar, but a little bit different. It's not like Root where it's like completely, completely different. Everybody has the same similar concept. They're basically trying to A, not get thrown out of the thrown out of the inn by losing all their money, or they're not trying to get you're trying not to get too drunk or too beaten up. Um, any one of those will knock you out of the game itself. And the cobalt is adorable. The cobalt is really adorable. <laughs> yes. Perfect. All right. So we will jump into final but, thoughts But wait, here. wait, wait. Sammy, what? Sammy. What? What games would you recommend? I don't have any. <gasps> I know. I don't. Like I said, I, I'm not... Come on, you've been part of game night for a long time. Give give us one game that you would recommend to people. Um, ooh, okay. Oh, I don't know what it's called though. It's the one with the island that's and the guy in the middle shoots 
like fireballs and stuff at you. Fireball Island? Is is that it? Is it Fireball Island? I believe it is. Okay, yes. that one. That's a fun one. That's a simple game. I would say it's a simple game. Um, because you just are going around the island trying to get artifacts. It's basically like it's Indiana got, Jones. The it's game. got spaces where you're moving your guys. The yeah. problem is, is every so often you have a uh, marble roll down from the top of the board game and see and, if it knocks and knock your you down and person yeah. down. Yeah. So that that's what I would say. Fireball Island is mine, and then here Kitty Kitty is a fun one too. Um, <laughs> all right. So for final thoughts, I'm. I'm going to bounce this to Nuka real quick. You want to start us with those? All right. So final thoughts. Uh, I mentioned them already. Uh, regardless of uh, sort of what your interest in board games are, I would strongly recommend checking out BoardGameGeeks.com whenever I'm trying to decide on a new board game. I go there because they have reviews and like aggregate ratings. It's like Metacritic, but for board games. Uh, and they have literally tens of thousands of board games listed there. And you can actually see by rating like, oh, this is a game that hundreds of thousands of people like. You know, hundreds of thousands of people must have some kind of good taste. There must be something about this game that's appealing to it, uh, to them. I would also recommend uh, checking out YouTube channels like, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm spacing on the name now, I think it's Shut Up and Play. Uh, something like that. Or Sit Down and, and Play. It's some of that. But yeah, checking out people playing board games. There's entire YouTube channels dedicated to it. It's a fantastic way to expose yourself to new board games. And just go to a board game cafe. Every city now has board game cafes where you can pay a few bucks Go drink a beer or some hot chocolate with your friends and just try a bunch of games out. And I would say those are great ways to expose yourself to something beyond Monopoly and Risk. I would also recommend that uh, you check out your uh, local board game store. Because if it's a store that specializes in board games, they will have demo copies available for you to try out. And especially if uh, things are going slow there, uh, usually the staff will help demonstrate how the game works to you. Yeah. And sometimes with that too, people will even be there. You know, if it's just you, sometimes people will be there just wanting to play and it's just them. So it's actually a great way, which basically is what I was going to say, was um, check out the local board game shop. They're always... They're great people to pick their brains if you have any questions. And if you're involved with a uh, bunch of uh, furries local to your area, see if they have a game night set up regularly. And if they don't start one. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I was going to recommend that if you, um, a lot of conventions, that there's a lot of board gaming conventions yeah. that are out there. So by no means am I saying that there's a board game convention in your area, but um, board game conventions are almost bigger in some way or form than furry conventions are. Um, so I highly recommend you check out a board gaming convention. I know that we have a local one here that we've gone to, at least me and Tanix have gone to uh, several years called SaltCon. Yeah. And um, a lot of board games that we have never thought that we would ever pick up, we've gotten an opportunity to actually talk to like some of the developers. One of those games was Goblin Breakfast. I don't think that we would have ever played Goblin Breakfast unless we would have gone to, to SaltCon. And I'm sure that a lot of you probably have never heard of Goblin Breakfast before. So, um, you know, it's a great opportunity for you to find games that you uh, don't see on 
store shelves. And if you're going to a furry convention, almost all the furry conventions have uh, board game rooms set up there. If you have time where you're not doing anything, go to the board game room. Uh, indicate that you'd like to meet some players. You're going to meet new people. And uh, BLFCs is huge. Take the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. yeah, just don't go play BLFC's Trump game. Oh God! Well, they have a they have a Trump game there. That's <laughs> I, I was gonna say as a person who runs games of werewolves at furry conventions, I can tell you that if you're a first timer going to a convention for your first time, the best way to meet furries is by going to the board game room, sitting down with some folks, you play a game with them, and then for the rest of the con, you've got some people you know their names and you have you have something now that you can chat about. So, great suggestions. Uh, all right, I think that brings us to normally it would be mailbag, but. Uh, We've uh, already sort of read letters and we have no other other letters to read today. So uh, let's, wait, uh, jump. wait, oh. you mean no pulling the zipper down? No, no pulling the zipper down. You, you can pull the zipper down on your own time. Keep okay. your pants on. Oh. We'll, uh, we'll jump straight into house creeping. Have you commented on the site yet? It's time to be reminded in housekeeping. So, uh, first off, on housekeeping, I would like to say thank you very much to, uh, to everyone here. So, thank you very much, uh, obviously, to Sammy uh, for, for hosting this, to Tanks for being our lovely, lovely guests, uh, to Rue in the sound booth, which apparently has so many doors and hatches and just everything. We may just need to, to fill the room with that, uh, what is it, the, the, the inflatable foam that hardens. Just fill the room with that. And just oh, trap <laughs> good idea. Yeah. Um, so thank you, everyone. Uh, in terms of the website, we do have a website. It is uh, in various states of construction at any given time. But if you do go to forwhatitsworth.com, uh, you can check out the website there. Uh, Twitter. Uh, I don't do the social medias myself, but apparently I've heard told that we have a Twitter account at for what it's worth. Uh, Facebook, likewise, for what it's worth, we uh, are on there as well. Uh, I'm being told it is a little more active these days than perhaps it was in the past. Uh, this yes. Telegram channel, that's where a lot of us chat. It's a fairly active group. Uh, if you want to get in there, just go ahead and fire off a, a message to Rue at WineRedFox to be added to the Telegram chat. Make sure that you are over the age of 18 as uh, naughty words occasionally get said in that chat. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, the best way is through email, cast at forwhatitsworth.com, or you can send an email to any of the cast members individually, like Sammy at forwhatitsworth.com, Nuka at forwhatitsworth.com, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Speakpipe, if you want to send us uh, an ident, or if you would like to uh, make sure that we don't butcher your name or anything in your email, you can send us a Speakpipe. A uh, short audio file with your uh, voice, it mixes it up. So speakpipe.com slash FWIW. Uh, tell a friend about the show. We don't advertise. Uh, so uh, we, we spread through word of mouth. So please, uh, if you enjoy the show, if you found it useful, uh, please tell a friend about it. Tell them about the Telegram group. Uh, show them your favorite episode. Get them hooked on the show. That's uh, sort of the best way to help spread the word. And uh, yeah, uh, to our guest, Tennis, do you have anything you want to uh, plug? Anything you want to, uh, let, you know, if folks want to get in touch with you or ask you questions or uh, are you on social media or anything you want to share? Or 
<laughs> no, I don't have much to plug. Although, if you happen to have any extra shinies, <laughs> you can send them to him. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, so I guess uh, our next episode is going to be all about video game design. So not just talking about video games. I know we've, we've chatted a bit about that in the past, but uh, video game What design, are video games? What What are James? Um, what are what are video games? Um, I do not know what these things are. Well, you should listen to the next episode then, where we're going to talk all about how we design video games, talking about what goes into designing a game, what makes for a well-designed game, uh, maybe a little bit about the industry, who knows where it'll go, but uh, that will be next time. And, oh, uh, gee, Willikers, I can't wait, Dr. Nuka. Go ahead. Golly, gee, <laughs> well, well to me. <laughs> oh god <laughs> you're a little bit older Jimmy well I think that's everything so uh, this has been Nuka and Sammy and Rue and Tinex and, and this, this has been, been For What, what It's what Worth, worth. yay yay